The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This Make is it Make it kind. M.I.P. With Masamela Matsumo. Mark Thompson. Make it kind. Get woke. First of all, ladies and gentlemen, we want to wish everyone a happy Indigenous Peoples Day. And as you all know, we don't say that. We don't say that other day. We want to recognize is this day and recognize the rich culture that our indigenous sisters and brothers have in this hemisphere. But today it may be somewhat somber, maybe less of a celebration because we need to talk about something that is not talked about enough. But I think more than ever before with the Gabby Petito case, here is an issue that is finally seeing more of the light of day prayerfully, and that more people are going to be taking seriously and addressing an issue that has heretofore not seen much of light of day, but has gotten a little bit more of the light of day as a result of the Gabby Petito case in Wisconsin. Joining us now from Wisconsin, and they are the co-chairs of a task force in Wisconsin looking at murdered and missing indigenous women. I believe there have been over 700 such cases in the past decade. And so we want to welcome our co-chairs to tell us all about it, Justine Rufus and Sky Alloway. How are you both doing? We're doing good, Mark. Thank you. It's a pleasure okay, to have you. Sky, are you. No, it's, it's, it's an absolute uh, honor to have you. I, I regret it's over such a painful subject. But let's get into it. It, it, it. Do I have that number right? First of all, Justin, I think I read there about 700 in the past decade. Is that accurate? Yeah. The, the unfortunate thing is that's probably an approximate number. But one of the things that the task force is really tasked with looking into is we are missing data, uh, a tremendous amount of data around the, uh, around our indigenous uh, relatives that have gone missing. And so we have estimates, but we don't have that exact number. And that's really unfortunate that that is not being tracked. And we, we don't have the statistics to back we know that there's a tremendous amount of indigenous women and girls and relatives that have gone missing, but we don't know that exact number. And that's part of the task force responsibility is to create a research team around why that's missing, 
or and try to get t- down to some numbers if we can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who else is is a part of this task force, Sky? Is law enforcement a part of this task force as well? Yeah, so we have a 40-member task force, and it is including, first and foremost, our survivors and families. And then we have our law enforcement agencies. We have representatives from everything from grassroots to system partners and uh, social organizations. So we have a lot of really great individuals at the table, um, and it does include law enforcement at the federal, state, and tribal levels. Okay. Justine, this was a a task force. How did it come about? Did, Did you all apply political pressure for it to be put in place? You know, what's oddly enough is in the state of Wisconsin, there really was a grassroots families demanding justice. And I think that all the MMIW work that you see in the nation really is stemming from the pain of families that have lost loved ones and are really rallying together to to try to create awareness for this problem that has historically existed. It's not new. This has been something that's been in our country since the first since first contact. And so I think that it's really off you know the the families that demanded justice and so there were families in Wisconsin that went and put a bill forward bill AB 548 in Wisconsin it did not pass actually in our legislative session it was very extremely painful and there was really a lack of awareness even in our leadership around this issue and so the attorney general took on the task force on his own and so really this was established by the attorney general in the state of Wisconsin okay okay so Justine mentioned the the number what are some of this and and how it may not be really accurate but Sky, tell us what are some of the the measures being taken to try to confirm that number and and see how they can be better tracked Sure. So one of the biggest things that we've been focusing on as the task force is getting a research team in place. And that'll be a team that works with our survivors and families and all of the previously mentioned partners to identify true numbers for this epidemic that we're facing. And the goal for the research team and the task force is really to identify the reasoning why the numbers have been so poorly tracked prior to this and what we can do to prevent that from happening in the future. So Justine, even if I'm sure we can probably guess the numbers are probably larger than we're aware of, but even if we stopped at the number where it is now, that's still far too many. Is there conversation or any hypothesis on your part as to why that number is so particularly high in Wisconsin? I think there's a, um, even if we were just to stop at the numbers that we're in, we I can't imagine if this was happening to other in other communities and urban areas, if there wouldn't just be tons of folks that were coming together around this issue to increase investigations to really look into what is happening. And that's, that hasn't historically happened in for Indigenous women. In Wisconsin, that's high because we have a number of tribes here. So we have 11 tribes in the state of Wisconsin. So I think, mm-hmm. and I often say, you know, when we get down to that number of that heightened, where it's so much higher than any other population that we're missing and we're being murdered at, I think that we really have to look at our history here in the in the country and that there are, there are systems in place that continue to cause harm. And so the task force is really looking at some of those systemic issues that are contributing to the loss of our, our women and our children. Give us an idea of, of what you all define as some of the systemic issues. Yeah, so 
I, you know, when I, I used to superficially say things like jurisdictional issues as part of it, like we have the reservation boundary. So if someone went, you know, missing, we wouldn't know who could take charge of that. But if you really start to delve into these issues, it, you start to see that every barrier, there's multiple, multiple layers. So for example, most of our tribes don't, aren't, don't, our police force don't have access to the state retirement fund. And so what we get is, a, is historically new recruits, right, until they get a job where they can have access to the retirement fund. So we have a revolving door of new officers. So if there's an investigation that needs to be done, the officer wouldn't take on that investigation. We lack infrastructure and resources. In a normal county officer has access to databases that we tribal police officers do not. So we rely on our county partners to input that data on our behalf. And every time that we add a layer of a person relaying information, that information is lost, can be lost. And so we have multiple layers. And so we may rely on county police. We may have to rely on the FBI. We may have to rely on the marshals. We have to rely on other folks to do the job that we should have access to if we had the resources. Yeah. More MIP after this message. Hey there, I'm Nadia Komodo. Check out my show, Tigress, which is basically my unfiltered and unapologetic journey of being a work in progress. Like, I hope that I am authentic and I try to be as unfiltered as I possibly can. I am so passionate about what I do, from talking about periods to wanting to build community around the cause to loving the business that I'm working on. Tune in each week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are streamed. Sky, anything you, you'd like to add to that? Well, I, w- I would definitely agree with Justine on that. And with our task force, we are looking at repairing some of those relationships and vocalizing that need to our system partners. One of our tasks as co-chairs is to meet with those system partners and identify um, what systems can be put in place to increase the access for tribal nations in the state of Wisconsin to these systems. We really want to make sure that the relationships are built for longevity. As Justine was saying, a lot of these organizations have revolving door employees and, and partners. So we want to ensure that the relationship is built with the agency itself versus individuals. So that way the policies can can be put in place on a long-term basis so that regardless of who may be in an office at any particular moment, the system will remain or the policy will remain in place for the relationship with the indigenous nations. Now, Sky, if we're talking about partners, obviously we're talking about, uh, I guess, alliances between tribal law enforcement, so to speak, and the state or federal law enforcement, correct? I mean, that's that's part of the challenge. Is, is there an issue with the indigenous people in terms of trust when it comes to state and federal, local state and federal law enforcement outside the reservation? Definitely. And that goes back to kind of what Justine was saying about the historical piece. So understanding the historical piece of relationship between indigenous nations, law enforcement, um, even social service organizations, and um, just communities in general. If we look at the historical piece of that, it'll show the the history of those relationships being not as productive as it could have been and harmful. And that does affect the trust between the communities. And it definitely is one of the barriers that we face when it comes to reporting an MMIW crime. The families often will not feel safe to report the crime or that they will feel that it won't be heard. 
And it's, it's often the case, you know, it's something that we still run across, you know, as recently as this last month. So it's, that's definitely a trust, trust building exercise that we're working on now to overcome one of those barriers. Yes. Yeah. In, in the, well, and, and to be clear, uh, and ladies and ladies and gentlemen of the audience, I, I, I hope he'll appreciate this as well. This obviously, and we alluded to this on Friday's show, this is obviously, we're talking about indigenous women today. Again, this is Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, we should be talking about this every day. I'll get to that in a minute. But we know that there are thousands of unsolved cases as well when it comes to black and brown women, and they aren't on reservations. So the problem is obviously bigger than the jurisdictional issues. As you said, Justine, it's, it's not just jurisdiction. I mean, we're dealing with systemic racism when it comes to women of color and the lives of women of color not being held in the same urgency and, and, and value, right? Correct. And, that, and that's definitely one of the pieces that we're looking at as well. You know, it can be everything from representation in media to job security to all of the things that affect women of color versus any other woman. And it goes straight into how those cases are responded to in the law enforcement arenas and how those cases are reported. So one of the one of the biggest things that we have with our families is the cases, once they do get to law enforcement, they may be misreported or they right. may be incorrect information in those reports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Justine, you mentioned jurisdiction and, and how we shouldn't get hung up on that, but there are a couple of topics or a couple of the areas or causes that the, the Green Bay Press Gazette is posted. And I don't know the Green Bay Press Gazette or whether they're, how credible they are in terms of covering your community. But I just want to name these two and, and tell me if this makes sense to you or if this is plausible. They, they have a headline from just a few days ago, jurisdiction, human trafficking and drugs play roles in this violence against indigenous women. Actually, quoting the Wisconsin AG, human trafficking and drugs. Is, is that accurate? Are, 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 two, are both of those at play here as well? I think that, that the reference to human trafficking is right where we live in northern Wisconsin. There's We have the second highest rate of missing women in a very small town, in a port town where there's boats that come in or ships that come in to ports. And so there's this is, it becomes an international issue because this is happening in internet, international waters and, and there's a high population. So I think that was the reference that he was making on that statement is that, that this is a human trafficking because we have the number two for the highest number in, in Wisconsin as the highest human trafficked indigenous women. And so we definitely have that problem here. We do know that our, our you know, when we talk about the outcomes of harming folks is hurt folks uh, in our community. And we see, and I know that this isn't just in our communities and it's in all communities of color, there's pain that's happening. And that historical pain is, there is a relationship between substance abuse and pain. And we can't deny that in that in this country, that we can't continue to harm people the way that we do and expect that they're going to be healthy and contributing members of society when we continue to cause harm. And I think that we do see in that relationship in our communities, definitely. In terms of the hurt, the, the, the survivors, families, is this task force or is any other group of people uh, working with them 
to try to to help them or give them some type of assistance in any way? Yeah, that's a really good question. So we have a lot of the members involved in the task force and really guiding the work that we do. And I wish that we could say that there was this this wonderful support system for families that are suffering. But really, what is really sad about this is that our families that are suffering are having to be the ones that are fighting this battle. And so they don't have time to heal. They are in the front lines fighting for justice for their family, fighting for someone to look for their um, family member that are gone and sitting at our table fighting and, and trying to build a better future. And so I think that it weighs so heavy on us that we don't feel like we're doing enough for the families because we're not. And I think that we can only hope that giving the families a platform to, to say, say their pieces is something that can, can help our families, but we know it's not enough. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's, that's unfortunate. More MIP after this message. Sky, in, in terms of now, I have been a broadcaster for over 30 years. I know I still look like a teenager. Thank you for agreeing with that. And <laughs> but what happened in the Gabby case in Wisconsin for the first time in my whole life? So normally I, it would be me and two or three other people raising the question about missing white woman syndrome. All right. Um, that was not. But that term has become more popular, more people are aware of it, more people were crying that out. And folks, just to be clear, we don't want anyone to be missing and murdered. The, the issue is, you know, why the, the mainstream media places more attention when the victim is, is not a person of color. But let me ask you this, Sky. I, I have seen more conversation about this than ever before, especially on social media. Are you seeing that as well? Do you Are you finding that there is more of an interest and an acknowledgement that there is not the attention given to cases like missing and murdered indigenous women in Wisconsin? Are you finding that that is becoming a larger conversation and, and not being ignored? Yeah, so that's a great question. And from the task force, our hearts go out to Gabby Petito's family, and we would not wish for anyone to go missing or, or be harmed in any way. And what our goal is, is to really highlight that that attention and, and media coverage and conversation throughout the country can really be of benefit to all of our missing and murdered women, especially those of color that have previously gone unnoticed or underserved in law enforcement. And it, it really has sparked a lot of conversation throughout our state and across the country of what the media has paid attention to and what they have not. And it has encouraged, um, I've been very encouraged by the media itself, having reached out to Justine and myself for follow-up conversations on this. There was actually a, a very good amount of media reaching out to ask for more information and to follow up on this. Because like I said, there, there really has been a, an uptick in conversation around missing and murdered Indigenous women. And I believe that that can only benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Justine, what was your calling to this work? What inspired Justine Rufus to get as, get as involved in this as you have been? Honestly, I think that just being, I live in as far north in Wisconsin as you can, and I'm an Indigenous woman, and we're the primary, we are the minority in where I live. And I think so advocacy for Indigenous folks, unfortunately, begins at birth. And so I started my work in a, in a birth birthing program that really, really showed me that we needed advocates from the day that we were in hospital having labor or going through labor. And so it's just been my, you know, it's just come, it's our, I think it's really our life's work. If we have a platform and we have an opportunity to bring awareness to any issues, we have to utilize them. 
And I think that I've been in my career, in my in my life, I've been given some really cool opportunity to sit at some really unique tables. And I have to realize that I I need to use my voice. And so as I'm I and I do I try to do that. And sometimes I'm always learning. And I think that that's the beauty of it too is that we can never stop using those platforms, but learning and bringing awareness to issues. And so it's been my life's work, honestly. And well, we thank you for that. What What about you, Sky? What What is it about your your life or personal experience that calls you to this work? For myself, I'll, I echo Justine's thoughts on and being an, indig- an indigenous woman. There's been recent studies. But all Indigenous women have experienced harm from very young ages. And for myself, I really didn't even realize how much there really was until I got older and I was, you know, an an older sister and an aunt, a mother. Um, And as I started looking around the world, um, I really started realizing that something needed to be done. And all of the things that had been done for me by my Indigenous relatives for protection and and the way I was raised to uh, very differently from my non-Indigenous friends to protect myself. And as Justine said, it's it's our responsibility and it's our duty to protect our people and to find the real solutions for it. So we, we always come from a place of trying to find healing. And sometimes that means the tough conversations. Sometimes that means, you know, going out of our comfort zones and speaking with organizations. But for me, it really comes back to growing up Indigenous myself. I think the first time I I experienced something was a very young age, five or six, and then it continued throughout my teen years. And as Justine said, too, I'm in a very small minority community adjacent to a non-minority community. And the experiences really tally up quickly. And um, for me, it's the motivation of my nieces and my, my daughters being out in the world to power me through this work and um, keep reaching for more solutions and finding the ways so that they will live in a safer world. Really. Yeah, yeah, very well said. For those who are listening, Justine, who want to help or get involved in any way, is there a way for people to do that? There's so many ways that folks can help help around this cause. I think that if you're near an indigenous community, you have a platform or access to media if someone goes missing. Our search parties are so small when we do have a, a person that is missing that we need those to grow and we need awareness. And And to be honest, we need people to believe and 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 we need them to know what is actually happening being more aware of what's happening in their communities because this isn't an indigenous issue and this isn't something that's happening this isn't this is a humanitarian issue this is something our country our states we we have to do better and be better and and we can't put the blinders on we really need to be aware of what is happening in our communities and so that's legislation that's pushing for legislation around this it's it's really rallying around the cause and that takes for um, it's not going to be solved on our own and we know that that's why we've created this large task force it has we start to, we have to be more compassionate for people and when things are happening in our community we need to demand that those resources be put to, to action yeah very very well said folks um, again this is uh, indigenous people's day and there's no better time to talk about these issues to be sure that this attention is exactly where it needs to be and when we speak of missing and murdered indigenous women this goes back to the time for which this so-called holiday was originally named. He brought that over here with him. You know, a lot of times we, and, and I know it's heavy for the children to handle, but you know, we get these fairy tales, Pocahontas and all of that. But the reality is, is that this is still something that has been lingering 
in this culture because of the original whom others like to recognize on this day. So please take this day, take this time to make yourselves aware. Uh, something has to be done about this. I'm faithful uh, that it will be because of the two very distinguished people we have here and the hard work they're doing in Wisconsin with the task force on missing and murdered indigenous women. I want to thank them both, Justine Rufus, Sky Alloway. They are the two co-chairs. And Justine and Sky, anything um, that we, I can do using this platform, any other one I have access to, uh, to lift up what you're doing or to help in ending this type of thing, please don't hesitate to let me know. And I thank you for joining us on Make It Plain, okay? Thank you, Mark. Thank, right. you. thank you. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.